Hey guys, welcome back to the Mission Empowered podcast with me, your host, Emily. I hope you are having an epic day today so far. I am full of beans because I have just come off a corporate webinar. I know. Um, No, I'm absolutely buzzing because if you haven't guessed by now, the Mission Empowered podcast is in year two. Woohoo. And um, it's the highlight of my week. I love speaking. I love putting out there like everything that I coach on a one-to-one basis I love giving to the masses so when I got asked to do this um it was it was a talk on health and well-being working from home shock this is what this podcast is on but for me I was just like oh my god yes like get to speak but get to help people on the masses because I know even sometimes people who don't know me from Instagram or, or or um listen to the podcast or you know I've never worked with a coach I know that they can take the smallest golden basic nuggets can make the biggest impact so I absolutely love doing that so yeah I've just come off that call and I thought you know what that was so handy and also not gonna lie I got feedback at the end and it was I was like a bit blown away because I was like oh my god this this landed with so many people these little these little tips landed with these people and and I know that they're gonna change their work from home life so I thought I'm gonna put it in a podcast 10 top tips to work from home I'm hopefully gonna think of a better title by the time I post this because that's not a very good one um but yes that's what we're gonna go into today but also lol I'm just gonna move this um desk up a little bit Uh, I was speaking to my best friend this morning we have a we do have a little morning chat actually most days it's it's lovely and um I was telling her, I was like oh, I'm so excited to do this you know I love I love public speaking <laughs> and she was like no um if someone told me what is the worst job that we could make you do she was like it would be that and I was like really like this is what I want to do I want to be a public speaker um yeah it's weird isn't it uh but yeah if, if, should we just do a little story before we go into the top tips? Because these are always quite funny, aren't they? Um, so my first memory of public speaking, <laughs> which makes me laugh, was if anyone used to go to Brownies when they were younger, right? You used to do like a weekend away when you got a little bit older. And I, so bear with me, guys. It's totally, totally relatable. So went to Brownies and it was only in, it was only up, so I live on the Whittle. It was only in Mel's, Mel's, so... It was only around the corner. But anyway, weekend away. And I, was, I must have been about seven. I was arguing brownies. Anyway, we went on this weekend away. And it was so much fun. And I still remember, like, little bits and that. And it was so funny. I remember my first experience of public speaking was, right, what what overcome me? I don't even know. I was like, right, when all the mums, because the mums and dads come at the end of the weekend and you put on a show, like, dancing and whatever. We did cheerleading. I know, cute. And see, see what I mean? I remember these little things. And, um... I remember thinking, right, I'm going to get up and I'm going to say thank you to Brownie Owl. I'm going to do it because, you know, they, I've had such the best time and I just want to say thank you to them. Where did I get this from? I don't even know because I don't even know if I knew what public speaking was. So I remember <laughs> at the end, the Brownie Owl was like, oh, you know, thanks everyone for coming. The show was amazing. And I just walked off. <laughs> Um, this is before like you had mobiles on phone you had cameras on phones and thank god but I walked up and I was like I just want to say a really big thank you to Brownie Owl, Tony Owl we've had such a great weekend so thank you and like and then everyone started clapping I remember that so vividly so vividly anyway there we go that was my first experience from public speaking the rest is history from when I was a little brownie brownies Right, 
there we go, guys. Let's get into it. 10 top tips to make working from home uh, just better, more productive, better for mental health, better for physical health. Number one, which is not going to be a surprise to anyone if you listen to the last few podcasts, it is your morning routine and it is set your morning routine. I am not going to go into how, like setting your morning routine because there is literally a whole podcast on that from two weeks ago uh, that I do recommend you go and listen to. But the importance of morning routine when we are from working from home is because we do not want to muddy the water between home time and work time. It is hard enough, like we know the benefits of working from home, okay? It is a plus that you don't have to go to the office, you know, you're not surrounded by annoying AF people, but it can muddy the water. For example, when clients start working with me, working from home, perfect. What time do you get up? Seven, perfect. What time do you start work? Five past seven. No, not perfect. Not the right answer. So all you are doing is literally living your day, like getting up, going into work. So if you are working from home, I want you to get a morning routine and I want you to set it, write it out, okay, and start implementing it. So that might be the luxury of maybe getting up at seven when you used to have to get up at six, okay? So, but if if that means you're getting up at seven, you don't actually have to log on till 8 a.m., then fill that hour between seven and eight with your morning routine, Get up, drink your water, go for a walk, get dressed. Even if you put a new pajamas on, get a wash, get changed, okay? It's going to make you feel better. You need to have a morning routine in place to just, the, the biggest thing for me is having that clear d- definition between sleep time, relax time, and work time, okay? This is what we want to get really hot on, setting these boundaries. So set that morning routine if you like to get ahead of the game, which again, nothing wrong with that, and be be on your laptop by seven, then get up at quarter past six and give yourself time to just have a little bit of you time set into the day. Do not just go from sleep to work. What, what quality of life is that? That it isn't. So morning routine, go and listen to that podcast and get your own morning routine, get it written in. And you know, whether it's you read a book, you go for a walk, you do something for you in the morning before you go to work, okay? So number one, set a clear work time and stick to it. <clears throat> number two, uh-oh, that was number two. So, right, number one, <laughs> morning routine, get a morning routine. Number two, pick your start time. Got ahead of myself there, girls, didn't I? Pick your start time. So number one, set your morning routine, go listen back to that podcast, we're not doing this again, we're not pressing start, we don't edit this, we go for it, pick your morning routine, pick something for you to do in the morning, and number two is pick your start time and stick to it, stick, stick, stick to it, we'll get to notifications and stuff in a minute, the best thing to do guys, if you struggle with having, picking that start time and and sticking to it, is getting your, if you've got a home office or you've got a spare bedroom that you've turned to a home office, great, I wouldn't go in that home office until you're starting work. Don't go in while you're cleaning your teeth in the morning and just stick your computer on. When you step foot in that office, that is your work time. That is like you stepping into the office at work if you were going to work, okay? So number two, pick your start time and stick to it. If you don't have the luxury of having a home office and you're working from the kitchen, get your laptop, get your phone and put it in a cupboard put it away. So in the morning, you're not, again, not tempted. You're getting it out the cupboard. You're switching it on at the start time that you would start work. Okay. Number three is set your breaks. So again, 
if you were in work, the likelihood is, and I'm talking from my corporate experience here, the likelihood is you would have a morning break, even if it was 10 minutes, or you'd go and get a morning coffee, or you'd have like a walk and talk meeting, you'd have something in, okay, and it normally would be a set time, right, maybe you'd do like your first morning meeting, 9 till 10, and then you'd maybe go and get a coffee, whereas because we're at home, it's very easy to, again, not have that clear distinction of that boundary of break time and work time. And it is absolutely scientifically proven that we work best short, intense blocks. Not like 20 minutes, but, you know, maybe one hour, maybe two hours, then a break, quick break, whether that's outside, it's it's making a brew, it's calling someone, it's doing something. But again, we set them breaks and being at home, we forget about that and we're like, oh, I'll just grab one when I need one. Girls, I am guilty of this sometimes as well. But honestly, the more I am like, no, no, have a break now. You need a break. Go and get a coffee. Go and give the dog a hug, which tends to be one of my other breaks I like to do. Um, But having that definitive break time, the same as setting your lunch time, setting your afternoon break time, that will make you more productive because when you're sitting at your desk for them one to two hours, you are going to feel so much like, right, I've got two hours work to do now. Let's get on with it. And then I've got my little break. It will actually increase your productivity. So number three, set your breaks, write them down, set your break times. Um, and again, they don't have to be the same each day as much as we love consistency and routine. They don't have to be the same all the time. You can look at your daily diary and be like, right, okay, I can get out for a five minute walk there. Boom, in the diary. That's what I'm going to do. Okay, so speaking of breaks, number four slightly chimes into that one. It's about planning your meals. Okay, so planning your meals as if you were going to take them into the office, but having them at home is an absolute epic way to, number one, save money, two, stick to your goals. If you Whether you're on a health goal, a fat loss goal, a muscle building goal, whatever, if you plan your meals as if you were going to take them into the office, you know that they're going to be more goal-orientated rather than just rocking up into the kitchen going, hey, what do I fancy? Or shit, quick, I've got to make something. And you just grab a pot noodle because it's the easiest thing or a bloody croissant. I had someone do that this week. You've said to say I was not impressed, okay? But planning your meals the night before as if you were getting up and going out the door, absolute game changer working from home. Another thing that it's going to do is help with that decision fatigue. So you've heard me speak about decision fatigue loads of times before, right? Decision fatigue is when we've got to make these decisions all throughout the day, okay? We've got to, you know, have our brain switched on. It's draining. It takes mental energy. So when it comes to making other decisions that don't seem as important, such as what I'm going to have for lunch, what I'm going to have for my tea, do I want to go to the gym? Our mental energy is on the floor by this point because we've had to make other important decisions with, to do with work or, you know, just life in general. So, you, so your mental energy is already low and decision fatigue is when we don't make the best decisions because we go for the easiest options. That is decision fatigue. And by planning your meals ahead, you are saving yourself mental energy that you can then go and put into work or save to do your workout because you haven't got to make the decision of what you want to eat because you've already planned it. It's there in the fridge. So you can either plan it or you can go one step ahead and plan and prep it. So it's in the fridge, it's ready to go. And if you follow me on Insta, you will know that we do a lot of planning on a Sunday. Now, I absolutely eat like a basic bitch. I, you know, I'm not one of these Instagram people who post about 
you know, I made this cheesy stuffed pepper bag. No. Chicken, perfect. Veggies, perfect. Rice, boom, done. Like, I do eat like a basic bitch in the week. And then I would have a little bit more of a weekend. But anyway, plan your meals. Prep them if you can. It's going to make everything so much easier for you. And again, the, if you are working towards a fat loss goal, this is a, a non-negotiable for me with my one-to-one clients. What are you eating in the week when you're at work? Because you don't need to be making a decision while you've got 100 other, th- 100 other things that you need to focus on. All right, so number five, move the snacks. Move the snacks on. We're going to keep this on the food, Okay. If we're planning meals, perfect, great. But if we've got snacks lying around, you are only human. And you've heard me say this so many times before. If you have an option of a chocolate biscuit or an apple in front of you, we know you're going to go for the chocolate biscuit because you're human. Chocolate tastes nice. Chocolate gives us a dopamine hit. Okay, it's normal. If we remove the chocolate biscuit and we just have the apple, then we're probably going to eat the apple because it's there. Okay, it's as simple as thing. Simple, simple, tiny things like this have do have the biggest impact. So, remove your snacks out of sight. So, don't leave them on the kitchen worktop. And also, girls, don't leave them in your tea and coffee cupboard. Okay, now I know this is where the biscuits live in most households, but working from home changes this because if you're making two, three cups of coffee a day, and every time you open that 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 coffee drawer, that tea drawer, and you're seeing chocolate biscuit, chocolate biscuit. It's going to be triggering. You're, again, you're more than likely going to eat it because you're seeing it every time you open it. So don't torture yourself. Move your biscuits into a cupboard that you don't open multiple times a day. And again, seems so simple, but absolutely it has a massive impact. So remove the snacks off the side, out of eyesight. Keep the good snacks inside. So leave the fruit out. Get the water on your desk. Oh, I've done it again. Got it onto the next one. Right, zip it in. Number six, get your water on your desk, okay? So we're removing the snacks. They're out of sight now. So the likelihood is we're not going to pick at them because we're not seeing them three, four, five times a day. And if we've planned our meals, our meals and our lunches are already out in a lunchbox waiting for us. We didn't even have to look at the snacks. See what I mean? All ties in. Get your water on your desk. This is such a game changer. One of the the biggest things that we do not do is drink enough water. And water impacts not only your fat loss results, it impacts your cognitive brain function, it impacts your digestion, it impacts your sleep, it it impacts everything, okay? And one of the things that I have no compassion with is when people say, I didn't hit my water targets. I'm like, that is the most simplest task that I've asked you to do. And the fact that you haven't done it, I want to say lazy. I don't mean lazy physically. I mean lazy mentally because it's very easy to hit your water target, okay? You set a reminder on your phone at 12 o'clock that says finish your first litre of water. You set a reminder on your phone at 3 o'clock that says finish your second litre of water. You finish your reminder. You you set a reminder on your clock for 6 p.m. that says finish your third litre of water. Or whatever time do you want to do, okay? But what you have to remember, this is going to be a bit of a knowledge one for you guys, actually. If you are someone who doesn't drink water, and when I say water, we're talking about water or water with a bit of squash in. You don't have to have it plain. Um, so what you have to remember, guys, is when people say, well, I'm just not thirsty. That's because your body has an internal water regulator, 
okay? And it it recognises how much water it's used to being in your body. Now, if you are walking around like a dehydrated, I don't know, cucumber, I'd say that, I don't know what I was going to say then. Your body is used to that. That's why you constantly feel like shit. That's why your digestion isn't very good. That's why you've got less glowy skin because your body is used to that, okay? It's used to having that low amount of water. Now, when you start to drink more water, girls, Yes, you are going to go for a way because your internal water regulator isn't used to that much water. But this is where consistency and perseverance comes in. You have to stick it out two, three weeks. Yes, I know, annoying, but actually your own fault for being dehydrated for so long, okay? You have to stick it out for them two, three weeks because then your internal water regulator will come up to the normal and be like, oh my God, she's actually putting three liters of water in us. How kind? Let's start using it now. Let's improve our digestion. Let's let's unwrinkle our face. Let's, you know, get that brain cognitive function, like all of this good stuff. Let's burn that fat because we have to, we have to be optimally hydrated to, to get optimal fat loss. So you this is where you have to stick it out. If you are saying, I drink one liter of water and I'm absolutely fine with it, your body's just got used to being one liter of water. And I'm telling you now, you drink three liters of water, you're going to feel a hell of a lot better. So working, there we go, girls, a little bit of a knowledge bomb. But working from home, I have a Brita in my desk that is full all the time. I have a pint glass on my desk, okay? I am never without water. That's how I know. I, I think I probably drink more four liters a day, but that's because I love the water. No, but that's just what I do. I just, I'm, I love water and my body is used to it. So if I drink less, I get thirsty. I'm like, oh, crikey, probably if I'm on like two and a half liters, my body will signal, hey, ends, you know, we're not used to having this less water. Let's get it up. So it's understanding your body has like a self-water regulator and we need to do our best to get that up and get that hydration in. Biggest thing for working from home and being dehydrated is your concentration levels will massively be hindered by this. Just gonna have a drink as always talking about water. Your concentration levels will be massively hindered by this. So even if you are, you know, not bothered about fat loss, who's not bothered about health? You've got to be bothered about health. But concentration, get that water in. It's going to help with it. All right, so we've done on the food front. I actually messed these up, so I'm just taking them off because, where are we, number seven? Okay, this is so important. So we're just stepping away from like the physical health side and we're going to talk about mental health and working from home. It's speak to someone. Make it part of your day. If you're lucky enough that you have office workers and you might be on Teams, you might be on Zoom, then it might not, this might not affect you. But if like me, you're a sole worker, okay, the majority of the time. And a lot of my contact with my clients is like over our Messenger app um, or me recording videos to them. It's not necessarily conversation. This can be so lonely sometimes. Honestly, it can. And thank God for the podcast because I actually feel like I'm talking to people now on Instagram. But on like, you know, they're all pretty surface level. But my advice to you, if you're working from home, is speak to someone. Put it in your diary that you have a 10-minute catch-up with your mom, your dad, your friend, your neighbor, your partner, anyone just put it in your diary that you are speaking to someone because it can be, and I know a lot of people have struggled with this, pretty lonely. Um, pretty lonely working all day. If you're on your laptop nine till six and you don't speak to anyone, that's not great for our mental health, you know? It really isn't. So 
Number seven, working from home, is make sure you're getting in your diary to speak to someone, whether that's on the phone, on Zoom, friends. It could be a work colleague. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely speak to someone. But And also, this is where the importance of maybe joining a gym, going to a fitness class, doing an outside work activity that's actually getting you out the house is really going to help, Um, you know, with that. Is it social anxiety? It's like the opposite of social anxiety, isn't it? Like loneliness anxiety. But it, it, doing something that puts us back out with other people is massively going Even if it's in the gym, the likelihood is if you go to the gym, someone is going to smile at you. Yeah, well, they should. Or, you know, you might have that just being around other people. It's just having that human contact and working from home. This has obviously removed a massive part of that. Um, from our what our, our normal life used to be, because let's be real, this is the norm now, isn't it? So, yeah, speak to someone. Make sure that when you're planning your week out, if you're looking at it thinking, God, I'm not really going to see, see someone, put it in your diary to go for a walk, to ring someone. I would recommend to do this every single day. Even, it, it, you know, some of us single, living at home, again, put it in your diary to go and meet someone for a walk or join a club or something where you're actually on with people and communicate because yeah communication is is vital for for good mental health all right so number eight then we've got three more to do number eight number eight is how to beat that afternoon lull okay and again this we get this in the office but i feel like we get this 10 times more at home because again we're not having the stimulation of being around others or you know, going into a work meeting where we're surrounded by others or, or like, you know, a changing dynamic that makes us feel alert. We're in the same place, same things happening. Yeah, it's five hours later. We've eaten and we all know after we've eaten that we have, um, because your body requires so much energy, energy to go through that digestion process, it can make us feel more tired. So how do we beat the afternoon lull? My biggest one, go for a walk. Again, if you've seen me on Insta, you will know my afternoon walks are a non-negotiable. I am always out um, half 12, half one, half an hour sunlight, if we're lucky. But more importantly, fresh air and movement. Two massive stimuluses to wake you up and brighten you up and give you that energy and give you that alertness. So my biggest thing would be how to beat the afternoon lull would get outside get a big pint of water down, yeah, and then if you want, have a cup of coffee, but definitely don't just go, I need a coffee, okay, if you can't go for a half an hour walk, do a five minute walk, if you can't leave the house, or you, you know, for whatever reason, star jumps, okay, set a timer, five minutes, 30 seconds on, 30 seconds off, star jumps, I would put, you know, hundreds of pounds, that if you told me after doing that for five minutes, you still feel like you're in the afternoon lull, you'd be lying, okay, it works, Five minutes of movement, ideally outside, and then a pint of water and then a caffeine if you still need that little pick-me-up, okay? But there are definitely things that we can do to beat that afternoon lull. And the the secondary thing to be aware of is what you're eating for your lunch, okay? So you don't want to be eating heavy carbs at lunchtime. You don't want to be eating overly processed food that zaps your energy, that gives you that big, that big peak and then that big drop, okay? Think when you're at home, you want to be hit the same as anything, same as any meal. Get your veggies in, get your protein in, get your whole grain carbs in, slow release energy. Okay. But again, if you're experiencing a massive afternoon lull, 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 are you eating 
too heavy at lunchtime that it's causing you to crash, okay? And this is where actually, guys, adding in. So if you eat your lunch and then add in your walk after, walking is absolutely incredible for aiding digestion. So um, I remember talking to this actually with my one-to-one clients and everyone was like, oh, I was doing my walk first and eating my lunch. And once they switched it, they were like, wow, I can't believe how much better I feel eating and then walking because it helps with digestion. It helps, you know, break down that food, balance them blood sugar levels. And then you come back and you're like, okay, let's crack on. So that's number eight, how to beat the afternoon lull. Number nine then, so is picking your work switch off time. So important. And, and as I started this this webinar, the webinar, sorry guys, merging my um merging my platforms. As I started this podcast with your set your start time, you have to set your finish time working from home. Again, it's all about boundaries and not muddy in the water. It's difficult enough trying to rev yourself up and work in your relaxation space, which is what our home is. Our home is our safe space. It's where we should be able to switch off. And now with this change of working from home, being here to stay, we know that we have to be more disciplined about switching off. Otherwise, we are literally going to do ourselves in. Okay? If you are like, right, I'm switching off from work, and then you're sitting down to watch the telly, and you hear, ding, and you think, oh, my God, that's so about that meeting tomorrow. Let me just check it. Okay, listen, I can be guilty of this, but I really try not to be, okay? I can be, but I I really, you know, I would say I'm pretty like 80% on this. And so my advice is laptop off if you can, which I know you can, but say you're safe and work on it, turn your notifications off, mute it. On your phone, you should be able to turn off your work notifications from your personal notifications. In an ideal world, you get a work phone. Okay, you get a work phone, you then can physically remove that phone from your space and you can protect your your energy, protect your space and be like, no, no, this is my end of day time. I'm done with work. Now, something I said on the webinar, which is applicable, that doesn't mean, okay, because I am going to be realistic here. If you finish work at half five, if you're lucky enough to switch everything off at half five and be like, I ain't paid to do no more, great, do that. But if you are like, you know, sometimes I'm waiting for this or actually it's going to give me more anxiety knowing that I'm going to get an email at half six and wait till tomorrow. Okay, fine. Doesn't matter. Pick a time. So for me, my time is like seven, half seven. That's it. Done. No reply to messages. Try not to go on Instagram. I'm done. And I have to be really, really hot on that because I know that's when a lot of people are on Instagram. But for my own sanity and mental health, I have to be that. I have to have that discipline. Otherwise, I would just constantly feel like I'm working. And when we constantly feel like we're working, where is the downtime? And if you didn't listen to the other week's podcast about downtime, going to listen to that. Because that, again, so important for physical and mental health is having purposeful downtime. We need to have this end of day. That is when I'm done with work. This is my home time. Because, again, we're getting too, we're getting too bad and muddy in the water. And this is why we feel chronically stressed. So many people now are suffering with more anxiety and stress because we're working from home. We're having no relaxation. We're having no downtime. Whereas if if we get really good at setting the start time and setting the end time and having them clear defined boundaries, I promise you, 
You are going to feel so much more better about being at home and taking downtime, but also you're going to feel so much more better when you are working because you've had that clear break. You've had that chance to re-energize yourself. So when you come into work, you are fresh, you are focused. How annoying is that banging? That is my neighbor who apparently hates me. And yeah. All right. Well, it's a good job we're nearly done, isn't it? Bear with girls. Last one to help you then working from home and um, working, balancing your working from home. See what I mean? It's throwing my bloody mind off. Give yourself an end of day ritual. So this is a following on from point nine. So once you've picked that switch off time, I want you to pick an end of day ritual that is your trigger between work time and relaxation time. So that could be a five minute walk, which for me is the best option because you have to disconnect from your electronics. You go on a five minute walk, you're outside in fresh air, you're moving your body, deep breaths, and you are giving your chance, you are giving your brain the chance to decompress everything that it's had to gone through that day. And when you come back, you've, you've had your five minutes thinking about it and you've had your five minutes thinking, okay, this happened today, I've got to do this tomorrow, but it's done. And when you come home, you can get a shower, put your jammies on, and you can crack on with your evening that's away from work because you've you've set your time that you've switched off. You've done your trigger, which every time you do that habit will sink into your brain of, okay, we're done now. This isn't work time anymore. And then you can and you can come in and you can relax. But honestly, having a habit or a trigger that is the is the stopper and it is the connection between work time and downtime. Rather than just going, right, I finished work and go and sit and watch the telly. We need to have that little bit of decompression time. So my last point is pick an end of day ritual, whether that's brain dumping, going for a walk, getting in your car, going to the gym, but whatever it is, practice it, implement it, and always signal to yourself, when I start to do this, this means end of day. All right, so last, we're done. That's the 10 points. Let's do a little round up before I go and kick off on my neighbor. So annoying. So number one, make sure you've got a morning routine. Make sure you stick to it. Number two, get a start time for work and don't muddy them waters. Number three, set yourself some breaks. Number four, plan your meals for the office. Number five, speak to someone every single day for your own mental sanity. Number six, hide the snacks. Number seven, get that water insight on your desk. Number eight, beat your afternoon wall with a bit of movement and fresh air and water. And number nine, pick your end of work time. And number 10, have an end of day ritual. This is such a game changer. So guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you found it useful. As always, if you did find it useful, I'm sorry, I'm laughing at the banging. What the joke? If you did find it useful, drop me a message at underscore em.powered. And you know what? So many people could use this. Share it on your socials. Let's get out there. Let's make everyone else who is working from home a little bit more positive, healthier, brighter, and not feel like they are on their own. All right, guys. Thank you so much for giving me your time today. I will catch you on next week's episode. Have an epic day, and I'll speak to you soon.